What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the New Era Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Lanero, joined by Josh Gray, hey. Nick Gray, What's and up? we got some good hosts with us today. We got Jack Harlow Hawkins back with it, Ooh. and Grayson Allen, the ATL man himself. So We're going to go ahead and hop right into it today. We got some college football playoff rankings that we're going to go over. The rankings come out tonight, so unfortunately we can't really give our takes on the newest updates because there was some movement in the front. Um, I do want to put. I do want to point out that Michigan is ten and zero for the first time since '06. That is a huge thing that people need to point out. Um, guys, how are we feeling about the whole CFP that, right now? All of that ten and zero for the first time in '06, just to lose to Ohio State and not be in the playoffs. It's gonna suck. In, in my opinion, it's all over the place. I there's no definite college football playoff yet. There's, there's only, one. There's only there's one, one lock, and it's yep. Georgia. They, yeah. Quite frankly, I would not be surprised to see them go and win it again this the year. The only way they get knocked out is if LSU beats them badly. That's it. I don't even think that's it. I think they have to lose against Georgia Tech. They I mean, have to lose to Georgia Tech, and then they have to lose to LSU. They will not lose to Georgia Which Tech. Which I don't see. No, they're not going to lose Kentucky. They're not going to lose to Georgia Tech. Yeah. I think Georgia's the only lock right now, and then potentially you have Michigan and Ohio State, which could potentially play twice. So. If no, that, they can't. Yes, they can, yes, because they can. it'll be the two and four. Yeah, it'll be the two and three. It's one and four always. I guarantee you. Okay. Oh, you're talking about, again, in the playoff. Yeah. I thought you meant for – we had this argument the other day about the Big Ten. Here's the thing. Guys, both of them will not make it. The committee has made it a point that both of those teams do not make it. And why? I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say it right now. One if, if Michigan – let's just use this hypothetically because I think this is the most likely outcome. Ohio State beats Michigan. Goes on to win the Big Ten Championship. USC, on the other hand, goes on to win the Pac-12 Championship. USC will get in over Michigan, as they should. But if I'll, you do not make your conference championship, let me that should peg you down. Three years ago, Alabama made it to the college football playoff without going to the SEC. That's also Alabama and being a ten-two team. That's I'll, also Alabama. I will say this: Alabama is taking a step back. They lost to Auburn and yeah. LSU. That's if Alabama make the playoffs this year. Something's wrong. Not, the Alabama receivers are terrible this year. They're they nowhere near Al- no. Alabama. The, whole team, the defense is, is Alabama the only questionable at that. The only good one is what? Anderson? Well, is Anderson. he projecting them? And even him. Top, even top he top been having a really bad year. Well, let's be honest, guys. Alabama should be 5-5. Five and five. I mean, they should have lost all this. They should have lost to Texas A&M. And they lost by the Texas by a point. I mean. Ole Miss and Texas, he has a point. He's got a I'll point. give him that one. He's got a point. I can Alabama scraped by this year. You can, you can give it to him with A&M. They almost yeah. lost to an unranked A&M. I mean, if we're home. being realistic, Ole Miss led the whole game. Oh, Alabama didn't win that football game. Ole Miss lost that football yeah. game. Yeah. Alabama's won a lot of games where they weren't winning. No, they. if Quinn they Ewers by. if Quinn Ewers does not get hurt in Texas, they lose that game without a doubt. And Hudson Carr didn't even play that bad. That's the thing. And I'll be honest, since it was the exact same week, I'm just going to point this out. Pitt should have beat Tennessee. If Keaton Slovis doesn't get hurt, they win that football game. What was, Wasn't the missed call in the end zone with Bryce Young that dictated that game? It should have been a touchdown, was, but they it, ruled it a safety. That was that was, BS. was that something? I thought it was a different. No, that's Alabama-Tennessee. No, I thought it was Al, a different No, that was, that was, that was like, Alabama. Um, I did they call it a safety? I thought I they called they, it something else. I think, they, I think they called it a safety because Bryce Young lost the football. And I, thought I think it was supposed to be a safety. No, it was an incomplete pass because I remember this. Uh-huh. It was Alabama-Texas. It was like, I don't remember. They were pinned on their own one. They say he got away with it. And 
And then, it was supposed to be a safety, but he they ruled that he got it out. And it, it, was, it was an incomplete. And it, they managed to get out of the end zone. It was a BS call. It was a terrible call. It's because true. the safety would have put Texas ahead, and, and then they would have also gotten the ball back and probably scored. And God point. forbid Texas wins that. Like, come on. It, it, it really well, and then you're really looking at a different Texas team because isn't that they've only got one other loss? Okay. Did they lose two? I don't remember. But oh, I, it was on Oklahoma State. Yeah, they lost to Oklahoma State. Yeah, so you've got a one-loss Texas team that beat Alabama. I mean, they could even potentially still be in it if that game goes differently. I'm gonna read off these. And Pitt could really be college in football. Okay. No, no, I'm gonna be completely real. They should if they there were three or four games where they should have won. But they didn't because Keaton Slovis is not a good quarterback. And I just want to point out real quick before we get into it, Keaton Slovis is a Pitt fan. Um, he is undecided on next year, potentially transferring. And personally, I like the guy. He's a good guy, but his numbers this year are not anything that he was at USC before Caleb Williams took over his role. Um, it sucks to see that because I had really high hopes for him before the season. Um, but I think the reason why he's going to leave is because of someone like Izzy Abanacanda, who has absolutely taken the ACC by storm on the ground game. Drake May is taking it by storm through the air. It's these out of nowhere superstars that have really taken over, um, which, I mean, you always love to see it. Um, there is a chance that we see a running back in the Heisman. It's not going to be Abanacanda. Um, Blake Quorum is going to be that. All right, I'm going to go over these college football playoff rankings real quick. As of now, they have not come out with the new rankings yet, which are for us tonight, but they'll be out for the people coming out now. So, number one, you got Georgia. They Last week, they beat Mississippi State 45-19. Mm-hmm. You got number two, Ohio State. They beat Indiana 56-14. Michigan, they beat Nebraska 34-3. Not surprising. TCU at number four. Yeah. They beat Texas 17-10. And Texas. Tennessee 8-1. Beat Missouri 66-24. Had a little trouble in that game at the beginning, but they got stuff together. I will say on the Missouri game, Georgia near, near lost to Missouri. Yep, 26-22 final score. Missouri Just missed a 50, it was field goals. Yeah, Missouri missed a 55-yard field goal. I mean, that would have been a one-point right there. Tennessee blew them out of the water. So I'm just saying, obviously we can't go back in time and switch things around. I just don't think Tennessee was prepared well enough to play Georgia. But then Georgia beat Tennessee 27-13. So. All right. Um, Oregon. They're out. They're, yeah, they're, they're gone. Out. They, so lost to, they, they lost to Washington 37-34. Yeah, Bye-bye. And now that, in my opinion, that put Bo Nix out of the high, so-called Heisman talk that he was in. Yeah, for sure. So I think Washington them. definitely moves up in the top twenty-five. I mean, when they're already in top twenty-five. I know they were twenty-five. So yeah, know, I think they got. I think they got to get in top. When 20. twenty-five beats six, it's a huge upset. So yeah, they got to be top twenty-five. We'll find out tonight. That's All the right. beauty of it. Yep. All right, number seven LSU beating Arkansas 13-10. If they struggle against Arkansas and they face three different quarterbacks, and they're already they got to play in your perfect game to beat Georgia. Absolutely, I don't but think they're going to do it. If they no, pull out a miracle. They could make it. They could make it. They could make it. They could make it. But remember, they have two losses. But here's the thing. Okay, so here's my question then. You've got Tennessee, who's a one loss, but didn't even make the SEC championship, and a two loss LSU that just won the SEC championship. Who do you go with? I think that's a clear cut answer. I think you go with LSU every day. That's a a good question. However, personally, I 
I see I see your bias in this situation. You are very heavy on the conference championship. Because winning the conference championship means nothing right now. It genuinely means nothing. The playoff committee goes, oh, they won the conference championship. Win. Okay. That yeah. should be more important. I'm just trying to think because I know the committee's going to do some shady stuff, and we all know it. I'm just, you'll make it. I'm just, I'm, just, right I'm just going based off of what I know the committee will do. And I, I like the way you think because you're thinking how they're going to do it in the 12 team when it means a lot more to win the conference. And personally, I mean, there's just a lot going on there. All right. You got USC at 8. Barely beating California the week before, 41-35, but coming back against Colorado, demanding win, 55-17. And then Bama, which we got into earlier, lost LSU week before, and then beat Ole Miss 30-24. Got number 10, Clemson. Got dogged by Notre Dame, 35-14 the week before. But good response win. I'll give you guys got that one against Louisville, 31-16. Come back at Louisville. You know, we went 31-16, rocking the – Throwback unis, purple jerseys, orange pants. DJ had a somewhat far game, had a read option to start off the game with a touchdown. That hurdle touchdown was And then Will Shipley coming in the second half. He had two rushing touchdowns in the second half. Will Shipley juking out two defenders, hurdling another defender, and gets in there. I'm going to say it. This is the first year, probably the last four years, that I've said I really think that there's there's a real contender for the ACC championship this year. Well, we I, think North, I think North Carolina is going to give you a game. I want to get your. Definitely. I want to get your assessment of this. Does DJ start next year? Next year. Ah, oh, that's the question I'll have, or that's the answer I'll have after the ACC championship. Because like, it looks like I have the answer now. If you want it. Okay, well, Nick, time. He might actually transfer. I found out. It Does he happen. have any pickups, or is it just he's talking? Oh, about for it. sure, he has to. Dude, if he's they're gonna solid. if they're gonna keep rolling with DJ over somebody who oh wait Cade's transferring no Cade DJ somebody said Cade. that Cade might transfer oh, Cade. because they're rolling with DJ which personally has screwed you guys over in certain situations. I know you've only lost one game, but if but, DJ gets hurt, then Cade's the man. But, but here's the thing: look, why look did Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant? You gotta look, but that brings down Cade's demeanor if he has to say to himself, "Oh, I come in when he's hurt." I don't come in because I'm good. Okay. I come in when he's hurt. There's right. also another problem in the fact that you're comparing this to Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, where Kelly Bryant was a decent quarterback. Like, he was he was a solid quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback to come through tennis, uh, Tennessee, Clemson, if you ask me. Right. But, but you, you had Kelly the, Bryant, who was solid. You have the DJ Lawrence, is not solid. You have the Trevor Lawrence-Chase Bryce situation. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt week four, 2020, I believe. Chase Bryce comes in, beats Syracuse. DJ Uyangale gets hurt against Syracuse in 2022. You have Kay Clubney come and beat Syracuse at home. It's the same situation. Just remember that DJ was also the quarterback that led Georgia Tech 14-10 at half in week one of the season. All right. Let's continue on with these. Number 11, Ole Miss. Come off by versus number 9, um, Alabama. Loses 30-24. to Just a little hint at this. I think if they beat Bama there, they get in playoffs. I think they have a good chance at playoffs if they were to knock off Bama at that time. Because – you taken a one-loss team, or I guess at that time would have been an undefeated team. Yeah, they would have been an undefeated team. But now that they lost to Bama, unfortunately. So the only problem with that is that even if they won, LSU was still in the driver's seat for the uh, West. Are they in the West? Yes. Yep. LSU would have still been in the driver's seat, and I think if LSU makes the SEC championship over Ole Miss, I think that really 
it hurts them a little bit. Was it do the now um, head to head while they were? Think so. Or you think LSU? I don't remember Alabama exactly why, but I know LSU so was in the honestly deserve to be kings to what? Who? LSU. They beat Ole Miss and they Alabama did what they had to do. Right. They yeah. might have two losses, but they did what they had to do. They're in. You can't deny them of that. And Georgia did the same thing. Yep. I think Ole Miss has one of the best head coaches in the country. Oh, and yeah. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is a great And he's they got amazing. one of the best running backs in the country as well. And, one of the best and Jackson Dart is coming to his own. Jackson Dart Let's not so forget about Hugh you know, Freeze, though, guys. I mean, some, you know, let's not forget games. about the good old Hugh Freeze days. All right, we're going to the next team. Chewy. Number 12, UCLA. Um, beat Arizona State last uh, two weeks ago. I think they the top 10. They lost to Arizona the next. Yeah, they lost oh, Arizona. They lost Arizona. Yeah, no, they're, they should be all. Yeah, they should be done. They should be pushed back. Right. To, in my opinion, I think they're above Washington now. Because Washington should be in front of them. Washington yeah. knocks off. Washington beats Oregon. Okay. Top yeah. 10 teams. Washington should be, in my opinion, they should go up above UCLA. I don't see why that shouldn't happen. I, I could see that. Yeah. Utah uh, coming off a win against Stanford, 42-7. That's the team I see at 10, Utah. Uh I think Utah will go up to nine. Alabama will go up to eight. And Utah will come in. How many losses does Utah have? Two. Yeah. I love that Utah did this earlier this season. That is our mascot right there. We, we love you know James. what? Boy, here's the thing. <laughs> Won't USC Utah play in the Pac-12? I think so. Yep. So if we, USC gets that revenge win, does that propel them even even further? USC needs a lot to happen. I think USC does. If USC, let's let's pose a hypothetical here. Southern Cal beats whoever they. I think they have UCLA this week. I think it's that big game, and then whoever it is next week, and then win the Pac-12 against Utah. I think they deserve to be in over any team above them right now. Who's the thing? What about TCU? I think they both should get it. If TCU wins out and USC wins out, that should be three. So what you're telling me is... My most okay. likely scenario. I'll give you my most likely scenario right now. What I think is going to happen at, th- at this point, just from what I've seen, Georgia's going to win out. Right. Going to win a championship against LSU. Basically what you're Georgia going at is... Um, Georgia's first. Yeah, yeah, what you're going through is like, this all depends on Ohio State and Michigan. This is what you're pretty much getting at this. Yeah. Because somebody's going to have to get out and somebody's going to get propelled up. I think the winner of Ohio State right? and Michigan will make the playoff because I think they'll win the Big Ten. I Both think that's not even a question. I don't, think, I don't think that Ohio, I don't think the other one will make it. I'm telling you. They're just going to flip-flop. Here's where I see differently. I say... Okay, if they flip flop, so let's say Ohio They're State's second and Michigan. Let's say if Ohio State's second and Michigan's third and Ohio State wins, you're saying they're just going to flip flop? You're saying Michigan's going to go up to second because they lose? No. No, Michigan's going to drop. No, Michigan's going to stay the same. They'll both be a one loss team. How can you keep them the same when they just lost? If, if the committee if always TCU drops. If TCU wins, then they'll go up to three. But if TCU loses, then TCU will be a one loss team. Okay. Yeah, but TCU's not going to lose. So here, okay. I'm, ta- I'm saying that right now. TCU won't lose. So here, here's where I see different. Unless something crazy happens this weekend. Please. I, want I mean, it. we always like crazy things happen, not to our own teams, unless it's something big. Um, Michigan and Ohio State, for the first time in, I don't even know if this has ever happened. Probably has. I'm probably just too young to remember it or not before we were born. Um, they could be playing each other undefeated for the first time in a very long time. So, if that's the case, then... 
we got to remember they're undefeated. I know Michigan really hasn't played anybody. Ohio State's played some teams, but they've also played not really too many big-name teams. I mean, they've been blowing through everyone that Michigan's been blowing through. Michigan's won every game by a thir- on an average of 30 points this year. So, True? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they've they've popped off. Um, yeah. I'm, re- I'm really ready to see Michigan have some big competition this year, considering they haven't played too many dominant teams. I'm ready to see how they can yeah. pop off in the Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it personally because Blake Corum, he's going to be a Heisman candidate. The dude's just been running and running and running and scoring a lot of touchdowns. Not as many as Israel Bandicanda, but um, I think Corum will be a Heisman finalist this year. And on top of that, I feel like just because of the stout Michigan offensive line, because we saw it last year in the game, snowing, beautiful day, they go and absolutely terrorize that front seven of Ohio State. I think Michigan actually has a shot at beating Ohio State this year, but I don't see them beating Georgia. I think they're just going to get swept over Georgia. But then again, you have to remember that they wouldn't play Georgia in the first round. They'd more than likely play Ohio State again. Or TCU, if TCU squeaks into three because of that loss to Ohio State. That's what I'm saying. You guys have got to look at the past and look at how the committee works. The committee doesn't do that. You look at the year that Georgia and Alabama, they played in the SEC championship, and for good measure, they got separated so that the only way they would meet is the Natty. So even if Georgia, or Georgia, if Ohio State and Michigan make the playoffs, they will be separated, and they will not meet in the playoffs unless they get the national championship. Right, so they'll probably put Michigan at four if Ohio State wins. There's no way. If USC wins out, you've got to put USC in above them. But if you talk about You have two one-loss teams, and one's the Pac-12 champion, and one didn't make the Big Ten championship. You've got to put the champion in. But look, if Utah beats USC... Tennessee doesn't go to the SEC championship and win that. You've got to put TCU at three and Michigan at four. I think you could even make a case for the ACC champion making it in at that right. point. Right. I mean, for Clemson to get in, that's what would have to happen. All right. Ooh, you, you're, even... you're, ta- you're looking a little far ahead. you got to pay attention to uh, December 2nd, my friend. All right, let's keep this going. Number 14, Penn State. Shout out Maryland. Then North Carolina at 15. Beat Wake Forest. Close game, 36-34. NC State. Loses to Boston College 21-20. They drop out of top 25, in my opinion. Tulane dropped against my team, UCF, 38-31. Texas. Texas loses to TC, like I said earlier, 17-10. Kansas State at 19. Yeah, they beat Baylor. Wasn't even close. 31-3. Notre Dame beats Navy. It's weird. Notre Dame beats Clemson. 35-14. Face Navy. Win by three. Illinois at 21. They uh, beat Purdue, or they actually lost to Purdue, 31-24. I forgot I made that prediction. I was right. UCF, like I said earlier, beat Tulane, 38-31. Florida State at 23, beat Syracuse, 38-3. Their defense has been really well. I have seen that. They have let up some of the least yards as of the past weeks. Uh, Kentucky, beat. Uh, they lost to Vanderbilt, uh, 24-21. They're 24, but they're going to drop out after these next rankings. Uh, Washington beating Oregon, 37-34. And uh, drop from rankings from that week was Oklahoma State, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and Oregon State. So that's two ACC teams, right? Wake Forest. Yes. I'm gonna say this right now. If and I think it's a very big possibility at this point, if North Carolina manages to win both of our remaining games, go to Charlotte and beat Clemson, and Drake May plays like he has been playing, 
I think Drake May is the most deserving for the Heisman Award. All right, let's go over around, and then we'll get on to our next topic. Top four. Right now? What do you think we're going to finish at college football playoff time? What do I no, think the playoffs about, are going to be? No, let's, let's just do tonight, tonight because yeah, we can't because there's still three weeks left right. of football. We've got a long way to go. I'll say what I think my playoff teams are going to be because I'm fairly confident. I think it's going to be Georgia at number one. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Ohio State at number two. I think TCU is going to be number three. And I think the University of Southern Cal is going to make it in at number four. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to do mine. I think we're going to have an upset alert. I think LSU knocks off Georgia. Wow. I feel like they wow. have that. No, I feel like they have that. I feel like they have that. So I'm going number one, Ohio State. Number two, TCU. I think TCU gets in mm. number two. Number three is LSU. Number four, USC. So you Ohio think State Georgia drops out? I think Georgia drops out. So how is Ohio State and Michigan going to drop out? Ohio State's going to win. I put Ohio State at one. Oh, Michigan's oh, dropping see. out. I see. Actually, you know what? Slide Southern Cal back Michigan at four. I think Michigan stays in. So if Georgia loses to LSU, you have them drop out. I have. You can't keep a team in a number one team that loses to the seventeen. So you just can't do it. That's what happened with Alabama. They lost to a number well, six team. They so so here's the only problem you got with that, and that's what Grant was pointing out. They're not going to be a number seven team. They're going to go up at least one because of Oregon. Oh yeah, they're going to so, be number. So they could be a six. They're probably going to be six. They could be right. a fifth team with Georgia. All right. Uh, Wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, Grant, you go ahead. Hello, 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 hello. hello. Uh, so, tennis, y'all saying Tennessee's not making it in the top four? No. He made a good point about they're not in the SEC championship. They Tennessee be. lost Alabama, to Georgia. That is a great loss, though. It is a great yeah. loss, but that's a loss that is it wasn't. It wasn't a competitive loss. That's the problem. It wasn't competitive. I mean, it was 27-6, and then you I, lose 27-13. So, you've got so. – my, my, what I'm trying to argue is you've got two one-loss teams. Yeah. You've got a University of Southern Cal team yeah. that has just won the Pac-12 championship. They've won their conference championship. They've done what they needed to do. You've got a Tennessee team who couldn't get it done and couldn't make it to their SEC championship. You've got to put the champion in. You've got to reward winning your conference because they haven't done that. Okay. And they're finally going to start doing that with the 12 team, which is why I'm so excited for the 12 team. But you got. I am a big person. You've got to reward the conference championship. If you, you win it. your conference, that's the most important thing to make the playoffs. Clemson yeah. and North Carolina. You know, whoever wins that game. I'm telling you right now, that is not a surefire game. No, that person could take number four in a heartbeat. It's going to take some extreme conditions. TCU will have to lose. There Utah will, t- will have to beat USC. Yeah, there's some I mean, there's stuff that would have to happen to there for that to happen. But I think you could make a case for it. All right, yeah. Grant, give me um, top four. Georgia one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, TCU four. All right, Josh. I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go Ohio State one, and I'm gonna go TCU two, Georgia three, and Michigan four. How does Georgia fall? I don't know. I just feel like something's something's gonna happen. Georgia. Right. Ohio State they, is going to beat Michigan by 50 points and leapfrog Georgia in the number one. That might very well happen. Yeah, that might very well happen. That's our worst take in saying Julio is one of the greatest receivers. Of okay, why? Stop. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to make a All right, so my top four as of tonight, when the committee makes their predictions, I'm going to have Georgia at number one, Ohio State at number two, Michigan at number three, and TCU at number four. Nothing changes in the top four. Nothing. Nothing. All right. Not, the, not tonight. No. Not tonight. No. All right. Next week, there could be a lot. I think it's good to wrap up that topic. Just a quick thing. I'm going to be at the 
Tennessee South Carolina game this weekend, so I'll get to see Tennessee up front and get to tell y'all just how good Henry. Drake May's winning the Heisman. Continue. If you're watching this and you're at the game, go walk up to Grant, say what's up. If you guys feel like it, but if you don't, that's fine. He's creepy. Hey well, yo. All right, we'll. Uh, but let's go around. We'll come back to football here in a second. Let's go to um, let's go to NHL real quick. Been some busy busy business around there. Business. Busy. It's been some busy business. It's nasty. Go drink pink. I, I can't say. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We can't influence <laughs> that. Um, not yet. Uh, I'll be honest. The NHL has been entertaining to say the least. Some very low team, low expectation teams are doing well. Buffalo, baby. Buffalo, Kraken are doing well. Yeah, Kings Matt, are doing Matty well. Matty Benier's looking like a Calder Walker. Martin, right Martin Jones is having a resurgence right now. I mean, he's back on the West Coast. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was on San Jose. I forget about that. That's where he had his, his good run. Yeah, but we, we told him, hey, Marty, just remember here, um, we're still a better team. That's why we're going to fucking 16. What? I'll give you two. What? Forward defenseman goalie has been surprised you the most this season. I could probably guess your number, your defenseman, Eric Carlson or Rasmus Dahlin. One of those two. Eric players. Carlson is ha- he's having the best season of his career. Re- Even the one where he went to Eastern Conference Finals. His, his numbers are better than that year. He started mm, the. Se- I like this. He started off the season better. He's on pace to break that. If he stays healthy, he's gonna put up. Nearly 100 points this year. And as a defenseman, we haven't seen that since the likes of Paul Coffey, um, Bill Housley, Larry Murphy, like back in the 90s. Okay. So, it's a very rare feat. The dude's put up 10 goals. There's only three players who have more goals than him, and those players are Connor McDavid, um, David Posternock, and I believe the third one is... Posternock. Bo Horvat, and now Andre Spett. Okay, now it's more. He's tied with Robertson, but Tage Thompson, Rico Ranson, and Andre Sveshnikov, Bill Horvat, and Connor McDavid. All right, I'm just asking you, what is making that happen for him at a later part of his career? What is getting him there? I'm going to have to quote a little Eugene Grads here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Money. That's true. Money is. Um, honestly, I don't know what, because the Sharks are not a good team this year. They haven't been for the past few years. I mean, I'll be honest, after their Western Conference final loss to the Blues, when they lost Pavelski, that was a huge loss because, you, I mean, that team is not good anymore. I mean, they still have the likes of Team Amar, Tomas Hurdle, um, Brent Burns is gone now, but they still got, like, Logan Couture. Um, what's his name? Marco Ferraro. Some, I forgot his name. Mario on the back Ferraro. End. Mario Ferraro on the back end. He's playing really well. Yeah, he's been doing well. But um, as for a goalie, that's really – Semic, you got Reimer and a – as for a goalie that's really stunned me this year, um, in terms of his playing well, it's really tough because a lot of goalies are starting to come. Logan Thompson, Olmark. I gotta go. Um, Ottinger. Well, Ottinger, everyone expected. I mean, let's be real. After his, I didn't like, expect this year. I expected next year. Oh, I, I was I was on the Otter. Oh, you already made that. Bet. I was on the yeah. Otter train. I said he's one of the best number four this season. I, I doubted you, but I'll say you're right. Oh, I know he's gonna win it, dude. He's putting up numbers like no other. Olmark's doing. Really well, too. Olmark's doing well. We did get shot against Pittsburgh. Don't know how the hell he won that game, but we're not going to get into that whole spiel. Um, Logan Thompson, I think, is my pick for the best goalie that no one really expected. I mean, everyone was expecting the Knights to be a very mid-team this year, but they've come out and Jack Eichel's. They're having a bit of a downhill, so hopefully they can pick it up here because I know they've lost. They've been on a little streak here of losses. The Devils, how about them, man? 
I'm happy, even though he's now out for extended time, Andre Pilat, I'm happy that he's had his six, 15 times success. And maybe, without him, baby. and maybe without him, but I'm happy at least he's still getting that success. Who's yeah. the guy that cut his wrist the other day? Evander, Evander Kane. Kane. He's he out three, be out months. three to four months. I saw that. Very, very sad. Unfortunately, it happened against the Lightning. Pat Maroon didn't mean to do that. You can obviously tell by his reaction. No, they a, wanted to get him help as fast as possible. It's a very scary situation. He might he might not be the most liked player, but you hope for everyone's safety out there. So he yeah. is okay. Same with like Tom Wilson coming off of that torn ACL in the playoffs. Nobody likes Tom Wilson, but again, oh, I wish everyone would be okay. But I pray for him the speedy recovery. As for a player that I'm shocked with this season, in terms of his offensive output, with 19 points this year from the Carolina Hurricanes, Martin Natchez. Yeah. Who would have thought? I mean, he's been a good, solid role player in Carolina for the past three, four years. I, I like Natchez. I've, I've, ever since he came into the league, I was always a huge fan. Jesper brought 19 points this year Did as you well. see Barzell's stats? He has zero goals, but like 24 assists. Let me pull this up. you got to be kidding me. That man is... He might not be lighting up the lamp, but he is making others light up the lamp. I can say that. This. It may not be 24, but... Yep. In, in 17 games this year, Barzell, zero goals, 18 assists. 18 assists. Because yeah. here's the thing. Who else in the Islanders is a goal-scoring threat outside of him and Andres Lee because Andres lives outside of the front of the net and he just... Pa- Ron Nelson, you can make a thing for him. I'd say Beauvillier, probably. I was going to say Beauvillier. Bailey, he Paul had Mary, his time. Paul Mary... I mean, everyone. I wouldn't say solidified goal scorers, if that's what we're getting at. They don't really have solidified goal the scorers. The Islanders are just a boring team to watch because Lula Morello has made a structurist. My dad ain't going to like that. Is your dad an Islanders fan? He skated with the Islanders before. Oh. So that's his second team. Mr. Gray, I'm sorry, but let's be real here. Lula Morello, I know he's a great GM. However, he is made the most boring team to watch in all of hockey. You can watch one of their games. I mean, yeah, they have some young stars like Noah Dobson, Matt Barzell. But, Sorry, Dad. But they're playing in a lot of really close games. They just play a very defensive-minded game. And, I mean, yeah, you want to have grit and grime on that hey, they team. they have Sebastian Ajo. The other Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, that off. Yeah. Yeah, Sebastian. The more entertaining. Okay, buddy. <laughs> this is what happens. I might hit him with a short zoom, but I'm not allowed to say that due to um, legal restrictions. On air purposes. Yes. Um, um, I mean, it's been Carlson, Thompson, and a mixture of players, but I, I, I personally think Jesper Bratz the most like, promising of those because I feel like he's been one of the more underrated players in the NHL for quite some time now. Should I say mine? Go ahead. Goalies? Think it's pretty obvious to me. It's Ottinger, of course, because I didn't expect him to come onto the scene so quick. Told you. Yeah, you had me on that. That one or Olmark. It's between those two. I knew he was going to be good. I didn't expect him to be this good. I'll yeah, be he's honest. in fantasy. He's number two behind Logan Thompson. So Thompson's number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Olmark. It's between Olmark Ottinger, and then my. I guess I could say my second one. I won't say Carlson, even though he's there. Yeah. I think another one that people are now starting to figure out is. Sergachev. I think he's finally breaking through the ice that we've been waiting on for that trade. He he tied the record for most points in a first period by a defenseman for us in Was franchise three? history. Three. Two goals and an assist. Yeah, and Caps didn't even have a shot on goal. Uh, they had one. Oh, just one? Uh, one or two. 
I guess we'll end it off with. Yeah. Um, one guy I do want to see play better is, I can't believe I'm saying this, is Vasilevsky. He is not playing how we need him to. If he keeps playing the way he is, we're not going to make playoffs. We need him to be able to succeed. You guys are 8 6 and 1 third in the Metro, in the Atlantic. Right? And here's the thing with the Atlantic you lose one game, you're in eighth. That's almost like, that's almost about how it's going to be. Well, right now. Yeah. Sens are struggling, I know that. The Sens are 5 9 and 1, but give them time because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Josh Norris out for a long time. Thomas Shabbat going down. They're missing a lot of key pieces. So you have to keep you have to keep that in mind as well. I and I think one player that is really setting off the tone for me is um, Velarde from the Kings. He's had a hell of a start. Velarde is ha- is even though they expect him to be good, I don't think they expect him to be good right off the bat like how he is. I picked him up off waivers in fantasy, and so that really worked out for me and my team. He's given me a lot of boost. I mean, if you want to hear some crazy stuff right here, the Kings are the second best team in the Western Conference right now. It shows. I think and the only thing they're missing is a goalie. John Quick, yeah, I think he's a solidified backup. Yeah. But. Well, you know, you know what? I would not be surprised to see them do. Hmm. Hot take: Kings trade for Soros. That depends. If they fire Hines, I think they keep Soros. But if Saro, if uh, Hines stays, or uh, Hines gets fired, uh, Saro stays. David Boyle will not fire a head coach. He... I understand that. So I think it's going to come down to they're going to start the rebuild, and Saros is going to trade. I mean, he's a hell of a goalie, but I mean, you have to put him in the right situation. I think the Kings have I, that. Yeah, he's not in the right situation. The Kings right have that kind of prospect pool where they can tap into it a little bit. I mean, they gave up a Brock Faber and a pick for Kevin Fiala. So they can really, get they can it. stretch out and be just fine. I guarantee you they'll give up. They'll give up some picks and a prospect or two, similar to what they traded, what Philly traded away, and gotten back return for closure. Yeah, so it's... I could totally see that happening. I would love to see it happen because I want to see Soros win. He's been a good goalie in the NHL for quite some time now, and personally. If the Kings pick him up, I think they can win the Cup again this year. Which, I mean, it sounds crazy for me to say that, but I think they could totally do it. You just need a better goal. And there's 80 games for Wednesday night. you got Ottawa-Buffalo battle against the young course. So that's yeah. going to be a pretty good game to watch over on ESPN+. Plus. But you're Wednesday night on TNT. You're going to start off with Chicago-St. Louis. St. Louis, I think, pulls that out pretty easily. And then you cap it off, which I think is game of the week. you got Edmonton and Kings, 10 o'clock. It'll be a good game. Kings will win, though. Uh, it depends. Edmonton's one of those hit-or-miss teams. They can have a really stellar night and look like a cup favorite team, or they look like a bottom figure of the NHL. I don't yeah. know. You never know which Edmonton's going to show up. Well, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to pull this off from Spit and Chicklets. I want you. To, I want your take on this. Um, it's about the Oilers. Okay. It's Paul Bissonnette is nasty for those of you who know him. Just listen to this, and I want your take on this. I mean, other than stroking off Carolina and what they got going there with, one of my major takeaways from that trip was, oh, the Oilers are in trouble. And I'm not trying to troll either, and I know you're going to say, oh, this is coming, and, and you have every right to bring it up. But without McDavid and Dreisaitl, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, this may be a lottery team. I No, no, no. I'm going to go even further to say, without McDavid and Dreisaitl, I would take the Coyotes in a seven-game series against the Oil right now. 
I mean, other than you want my take on that, your face says it all. How do you feel about the comments that Paul made? He's right. You got two world class players on your team, and then you saw from the Lightning game they lost, but you saw before that started. They had five forwards in that game. That's how bad their bottom six is. They don't have a bottom. Their bottom six is the ECHL team. There's nothing you can do to make that team better. Goalie isn't going to make it better. Defense is going to make that better. Yeah, you have McDavid, Dreisaitl, two of some of the best players we will ever see in our generation. Yeah. They still need help. Gretzky in his time had help. Yeah, Glenn Anderson, Yari Curry, Grant Fuhr, Paul, Paul Coffey. Um... The list goes on. Mark Messier. Yeah, he had mess for a little bit. Yeah, he like, had help. But you're not getting these two. Tyson Berry isn't going to help. I'm no, sorry. Tyson Berry will not help. Um, neither will well, Evander Kane being up as well. Zach Hyman isn't going to help. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins not going to help. Yes, a Pugliarvi will not help. Um, Stuart Skinner, he needs to get better in goal. Jack Campbell, I think, is turning in. I mean, it's a hot take because it's only like 12 games into the signing or whatever. Um, he is looking like an absolute bust right now. And Ken Holland, I guarantee you there's people in Edmonton right now calling for his head because they're not surrounding like Jesus and Dreisaitl with world-class talent. That's what you have to do. Sidney Crosby has Jake Gensel and Brian Russ, two of the most premier goal scorers off the wing. Not the greatest, but they're in the elite section. Ricard Raquel and Jason Zucker for Evgeny Malkin. Those are some really good wingers. Jeff Carter with Danton Heinen and Casper Kapanen. Two wingers who have a good two-way game. I'm just saying, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, and I get to see these guys. Our top nine forwards, they can switch around, and on some teams in the NHL, they could be on the top line. So... It's not a matter of that. I just think right now our problem is a goaltending situation as well. Jari's kind of laying an egg. And DeSmith, he's getting a start tonight against Toronto. Um, he's playing well. I'm really happy to see Casey do well because I wasn't too keen on him last year. He didn't play too well. So I think it's a matter of surrounding your centers with great wingers. And you can't put McDavid or Dreisaitl on one each other's wing because you're just – Becoming too top-heavy of a team, and it's not going to end well anyway. And quick breaking news, Angels have signed Tyler Anderson, three years, $39 million. Good starting pitcher acquisition. Maybe the Angels will be a good team. Hell, but they're not going to be good for a while, just like the Oilers, until they do something. All right. I think that's a good place to end it off with something like that. All right. Over the weekend? What was it, Saturday night? Saturday night. Saturday night. UFC, UFC 281. I versus Pereira. But first, let's go over some of the main, main we, car results. We can go over some of the main car results. You had Dan Hooker KO against Claudio Puelas. That was a great fight for Dan Hooker because that fight in its entirety was just a ground game fight for the other opponent. And Dan Hooker was not getting on the ground. because Dan Hooker's not a ground fighter. He's, he's more of a situational MMA kickboxer. So I like how he came into that fight, went for body kicks the whole time, and he ended him with a nice front body kick, and that was a great fight, in yeah, my that, opinion. We saw Claudio. If he's not on the ground, he's not. He was, he was basically on the ground, literally. The whole first round, he was on the ground. 
So I'm glad that's where he wanted to be. He wanted he wanted to take Dan Hooker down because he knows that's where Dan Hooker is the most vulnerable, and that's where Claudio succeeds, and that's where he succeeds at the most. All right, next fight you had Frankie Edgar in his farewell fight against Chris Gutierrez. That was, in my opinion, I feel like that was that was actually a good way for Frankie Edgar to go out because he's a brawler. He doesn't like too much fighting and wrestling and all that stuff, but. I like how he went out with a knee in the first round, in the first few minutes. I like how he went out, but sad way how to go off Frank Edgar. He had a great career, one of the best to ever do it in the in his division, one of the best to ever do it. Has one of the records for the most time in the octagon, coming close to eight hours in the octagon. But that's a good way how to wrap up his career. We we will miss you, Frank Edgar. Me personally, I will. Only if we can say the things you said during the fight. Yeah, we can't well, say we that. We can't say here. that. All right. Oh, my lordy lord. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> so, in my opinion, this was fight of the night because this is what got us entertained. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. The most brutal fight of the night. Yeah. Ooh. I actually watched that fight. Dustin yeah. Poirier Ooh. was covered in blood, but it was not his it blood. It wasn't even his blood. Michael Chandler went out there, fought a great battle. Dustin Poirier just became the better Nobody man. Nobody was blocking. <laughs> no one was blocking. That was a straight-up street fight. But Dustin Poirier just went out there and showed why he should be contending for a championship right now. Wasn't that also the fight that at the end he went over to the other fighter and and said, you know, I was scared coming in, like yep. gave him respect. Exactly. I, was, I love when I love when that happened. The That's only the, problem that was with the fight was Chandler went to go get a rear naked choke on Poirier, and Poirier made the claim that he put his two fingers in his mouth and lifted up. To try to rear naked choke. After the fight, Michael Chandler said that he didn't mean to do it on purpose, but he may have done it. He said, but it wasn't very intentional after the fight. Yeah, that was round three, which I thought was going to be over round two by how they were swinging at each other. But I think if round one, at 30 more seconds, it would have been over. Poirier would have been done. Yeah. But Mike, uh, I like how Poirier fought that fight in the, in the later rounds, in the second and third. He saw that Michael Chandler was tired. Michael Chandler is a brawler. He likes to get this fight done over... <laughs> quick in the first, but he saw Michael was tired in the second and third, took him to the ground where Dustin Poirier has the big advantage on the ground, and did a rear naked choke and got Michael Chandler out the ring, and it was a great fight right. in my opinion. And then you had the women's strawweight yep. belt, yep. you had Carla Esparza, which was the former champ against Zhang Wiley, Wayne Wiley, Zhang Wiley, Zhang Wiley, whatever, it was close, it was my first one ever watching. But now she is champion because round two, 105, rear naked choke. Love you, Zung Waitley, even though it wasn't a rear naked choke, it, it now, was a crucifix. But... Now, the fight that had the whole country on its toes, Oh geez. Alex oh. Perea KOing uh, I'm so sad. Israel I'm so Adesanya. sad. It's, I'm so sad. Is he? You know what? I'm going to have me a little rant on this one right here. This is going to be my first rant of the year for this podcast. I'm so sad. But I'll respond to it. In my opinion... Alex Perry doesn't deserve that championship belt. I'm saying this right now. He beat the champion. I understand that. But he's also only fought seven fights in his UFC career. He's been fighting since 2016. He's only had seven fights to get to a championship bout. And the only reason they set up the bout was because of money and the drama that they've already had. In my opinion, I can't respect Pereira as a champion because I have to see him fight other people in the division that's not a kickboxer. Adesanya is a straight-up kickboxer, so it was a kickboxing stand. Even though Adesanya made the mistake of trying to take Pereira down, where Adesanya is not a wrestler, he's more of a kickboxer, he tried to take Pereira down and drain himself of his own energy. That's the reason why I think Adesanya lost that fight. 
but I have to see Alex Pereira fight other people in the division before I can really call him the middleweight champion. Because right now, I can't give him that respect of a champion just because he's beating a dude that he's already beat two times ahead of that, which the first time, it shouldn't even be a win because it was a split decision, but Adesanya got robbed. But I still give him props for knocking out Adesanya. First person to ever do that. But I got to see him go against more people in the division. I feel like it's not fair for everybody else in the division for him just to pop out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I get the big money fight because he's knocked out Adesanya in a different, in a whole different organization in China. And Dana White is just money hungry, looking for a different fight for Adesanya. Because he's already, Adesanya is the only person in the middleweight history to literally fight every single person in middleweight and beat them every single time. The yeah. only person to ever do that. But I can't. My, my only problem is you're just not figuring out that Dana White's money hungry. Yeah, I've, no, I've been known <laughs> he was know money hungry. I've been known he was money hungry. That's a businessman. Yeah, but still, I can't respect Carrera as a champion right. until he fights other people in the division. All right, I got the stats here from the fight. You got knockdowns. Nothing happened. Zero zero. Nobody went down. Total strikes. One nineteen two oh nine. Israel Adesanya hit one nineteen out of two oh nine. Correa hit one forty out of two fourteen. Mm. Significant strikes. Adesanya, 86 out of 162. Perea, 91 out of 157. Head strikes. Adesanya, 41 out of 103. Perea, 42 out of 89. Body strikes. Adesanya, 21, 29. Perea, 27, 33. Legs, 24, 30, 22, 35. Control. This is where it gets significant. Adesanya, 634. Perea, 31 seconds. That's, see, look. That's... For right now, that's the biggest time that you've seen Adesanya have control over a fight on the ground. He's not a wrestler. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I, I will be honest. I didn't watch this fight. I didn't want to pay for it. So I'm going in blind, but I I keep up with it as best I can. He had six minutes of control. Six minutes of control time. He's not even a wrestler. He's but, a kickboxer. Right, the takedowns. He tried to take down four times. Yeah. Succeeded once. Yep. Perea, one of one. Yep. And that was at the end of the... No, that was at the start of the second where he got that takedown. That's the only takedown he had. The That's only crazy. issue... The only issue Adesanya had with his takedown... He couldn't get them. He couldn't get him down. That's the only issue. He couldn't get him down on the ground. So he wait, was it a TKO? It was its fifth round TKO. Okay. Only issue was Adesanya did, couldn't get him down on the ground. He wasted Adesanya. so much of his energy with takedowns. Thank you. He's he not a, went out... That's why. So I it think wasn't a questionable fight. I mean, it. The problem I have, Perea took him out of his realm of fighting. Yes, exactly. That's why I think Perea, as long as he's champion, Adesanya faces him. I can't see him beating him, because if he's the one that could take somebody out of somebody's fight realm, you're in their head. And Adesanya, we never seen somebody in his head like that. Now he's zero and three. Against him. I can't. Like, okay. if anyone could come back and, and beat oh, him, definitely it's him. Adesanya. It's definitely Adesanya. That man has looked across the ring and said, I'm not afraid to oh, die. Oh, I, I am obsessed over that line. That is the greatest. I don't care. That's the best UFC moment of all time, if you ask me. You can ask Josh. I am obsessed this over that line. This man genuinely does not care. He just wants to win. I see him coming back and. They have, they have a rematch clause, so most likely by next year they're going to be fighting again. So if Adesanya loses that fourth fight, 
then I can see this division going anywhere because this right now is a very, very interesting division because you have Adesanya, who's number one contender. Then you have Robert Whitaker, who's still a dog in the ring. Then you have Jared Cunanier. You have Marvin Vittori. You have Derek Brunson and Paulo Costa. We can take Sean Strickland out of the situation because, yeah, Sean Strickland's just buns. And then you have Darren Till, who's still up there. And you have Kevin Gastelum that's still up there, too. So do you think... My question is, so they have the rematch clause, the rematch. Do you think that he'll try to get in a fight be- between? No. No. That, that might not honestly be the worst idea, would it not? Because then you get, if, you, if you get like a smaller opponent, knock him around a bit, get some confidence back, you know what I mean? That's what boxing does a lot of the time. Yeah. You'll see uh, Fury had... I don't remember who it was, but Fury fought someone in between the Wilder uh, matches. Yep. And just demolished the guy, and it just got got the blood flow, got the bang, 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 bang. But I feel like Pereira's not going to do... I have to... If Pereira really wants to do that, I have to see him fight a top five person. Oh, well, I was talking about Adesanya. I feel like if Adesanya does it... Let's be honest, he fought the top person. He Adesanya doesn't even have to do anything because Adesanya already shows he can go in a ring and fight every single person in this division and whoop them. Here, okay, here's where you're going to... You say Pray has to go and fight somebody top five. He just beat the top dog in one. But he only has seven fights. He did beat the top dog in one without you, facing anybody you know, that was top five. This is the thing. You know who was the other highest person that he's fought besides Adesanya? Sean Strickland, who was nine. I mean, he he does have. I think it's, Sean Strickland was it's nine. It's less about him beating the top dog and more about did he earn the fight with he the top dog. He didn't earn the fight because you the see first a lot place. with boxing. Let's be, let's be honest. Know? There's a lot of moments where somebody didn't earn something and then got it. In that's the, becoming less and less significant as earlier. No, this but, year, but that doesn't mean that it's less and less right. No, this is the thing with these championships fight. Dana has been doing very good with scheduling these fights, where a person grinds up and earns his spot. A good one. Islam Makovic. He earned that fight. Leon Edwards. He earned that fight. Francis Ngannou. He earned that fight. Aljamain Sterling. He earned that fight. Brandon um, Brandon Moreno is fighting for the flyweight championship in a couple of months. He earned that fight. Every single person has earned that fight, but Dana wanted to be money-hungry for one fight out of the whole year, and it was an Alex Pereira and Adesanya fight. And then, if win, for Alex Pereira to win. I have to see Alex Pereira me personally, I want to see Alex Pereira versus Paulo Costa or Derek Brunson That's or Marvin or Marvin Vittori. What happens if Pereira loses the title to someone else that Adesanya has already beat? This is I the mean, thing. because then, then like you kind of ruined everything. Yeah, th- that's what I'm trying to say. So if Pereira goes against someone who is a dedicated wrestler like Paulo Costa, Jared Cardinier, Derek Brunson, Marvin Vittori, if he goes against any of those people and they said that. Adesanya is not big enough for him, or Adesanya can't fight a bigger fight. He fought Paulo Costa while Paulo Costa is still on drugs. He just he fought Marvin Venatori while Marvin Venatori is basically a bodybuilder, and he fought Jared Cunanier. He fought Jared Cunanier in July and whoop him. So I had to see Alex Pereira get somebody before, even if it's not before Adesanya, and if he beats Adesanya for that championship again. I have to see him fight two to three fights against wrestlers in this league or MMA artists that are not straight-up kickboxers that will take Pereira down on the ground and actually challenge him on the ground. Because I can't respect him as a champion just because he beat Adesanya. Because Adesanya is a stand-up kickboxer. I can't respect that. 
right. Before we get into the Virginia situation, we have breaking news. Clemson cornerback Malcolm Green is out for the season with a groin injury, so that's big news for the Clemson. Uh, also, breaking news, Cooper Cup is officially oh, yeah, out for the season. And he is he now officially? Is he has to have surgery. Oh, I know he's out for surgery, yeah. He's out at least four weeks. And Shaquille Leonard's no, out. No, he's out. He's out now. Like for the season? He's out season. Done. Yeah, Shaquille Leonard's out for the season, too. We just got I that. saw that with Matt. Okay. That well, sucks. I was going to pick him up for fantasy. No. Well, quick question. Before we go off UFC, how do you feel about this next big UFC event? What Yair Prohopskic and Glover Teixeira? Because you said you wanted to know about it more, and you said you wanted to see how, feel, how you feel out about it. How do you think you feel without you, like, looking anything in? How do you feel about it? Because the first I, I noticed that the t- Glover Teixeira, dude, he looked old. Yeah. I understand that. What's the other guy's name? Um, yeah, you're Paul Hofkitch. I'm not gonna try to pronounce that again. <laughs> that guy, uh, I'm gonna call him Longhead because that's what he looks like. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't blame one. you. Yeah. Um, I remember I was I used to watch UFC clips. Yeah. And I remember he gave a back elbow to somebody. Yep. And it's one of the best knockouts I've ever seen. No, exactly what you're talking about. And I guess I just for me to learn about these people and learn what not what fights to get and not to get, I have to purchase. Some in a row, yeah, to understand what to buy and what not to buy. Am I gonna regret it? Maybe, but am I at least gonna say I watched the fight? Yeah, I'm trying to learn myself. Do I think it's gonna be good? I don't know. Do I know who's gonna win? Probably because of age difference. I mean, everybody knows who's gonna win because if Glover. But wins, I understand they had didn't they have a fight back in the day too? They and fought, it was a very good fight. They fought earlier this year in February. They fought earlier this year in February. Glover was winning the whole fight until we got in the fifth round, which that is a big thing for every fucking champion in this round. They're always losing in the fifth round. There's this a whole bunch of examples this whole year what champions losing in the fifth round. But I feel like Yair, he's he's just on a different level. He's he's going to go into that fight and just beat just beat the living dog heavens out of um, Glover Teixeira. Plus, I just want Glover Teixeira to lose because I never liked Glover Teixeira. He's old, needs to retire. He's up there, yeah, he just needs to get get out with this whole... Yeah, I want to learn more about it, so maybe I won't like the fight, but hey, uh, you, that's like WWE, like we watch. Yeah. We, we buy the, we look at, watch the events. Yeah. We might waste our time. I'm not getting into that. Um, But we watch the events, we might not like them, but we watch them. We might regret them, yep. but we watch them. You know but, what, but some of the best, especially in WWE, some of the, some of the best situations... Are the ones that you don't like. That is true. I'll be honest, as of late, it's been very well. It's been it's been well. I've liked watching WWE as of late because Triple H has been doing. Love you, Triple H. He's been doing very well. He's doing amazing. He's already had one of my favorite moments of all time. Bray Wyatt coming back. I had um, one of the biggest pops ever. What's that for? We'll talk about it next time. No, I want to know right now. We'll write down WWE. I want to know now. I'm not a huge Brave Wyatt fan myself, personally. I think that's he's got that, a good. I think that's he's why got we a, never ask for your opinion. I think he's got a good gimmick, but I just I'm not a huge fan of him. Okay. You know what? Hold on, wait before we get off the UFC topic. I know, I know, I know. We ain't got I'm, time. I'm obsessed with UFC. I'm sorry. Yeah, we know. But this whole I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say this right now. These next two to three years, these whole title pictures and pay per views. Are going to be the best in UFC history, and I'm stating that as a fact right now. <laughs> okay, sorry, we were taking care of something. Um, 
But yeah, I want to learn more UFC. It's, I know it'll take me a couple months to figure out names and stuff. Just tell so. you, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. I'm saying this right now. No, Amanda, Israel, I remember the first fight in the prelims, one guy got knocked out so bad he couldn't even get up to get into the... Yeah. Anyways. Ryan, um, Ryan Spann beat the dog bricks up Dominic Reyes. Oh my okay. gosh. Well, last topic of the day, which I shouldn't even be getting into because it shouldn't have happened, is the Virginia Cavalier shooting situation with a former running back of the team. Gunned down three, injured two. One of them just got, I think, released from the hospital, so now it's just one in the hospital. I don't know about his condition. But we have lost three, and those three named are Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. Um, I'm going to go on a little rant here. I Sports is where kids can be kids. And these were kids still. They were living out their boyhood dream of trying to make the NFL, and now it just got taken away from them because somebody just, Somebody was just stupid. So, unfortunately, three lives were taken that shouldn't have been taken, but uh, potentially five careers have now been ended because they can't walk onto the field anymore. So, it's unfortunate. Well, and there's a lot of situations like that. We have the World Cup coming up, which I'm not getting into the World Cup itself, but obviously we know it's being held in Qatar, which by itself is dangerous. Not even just dangerous, but absolutely disgusting on a moral level because, I mean, Qatar is very anti-LGBTQ. It's very homophobic. It's very just all kinds of bad stuff. In fact, I just saw a statistic. I was I was looking through Reddit and uh, had to verify it. But there's been officially 400 confirmed deaths just building the stadium of Qatar. The most previous to this in a World Cup history was the building of Wembley back in the day, and that was 10. Going back on Virginia, uh, the guy who, the suspect, he was facing school disciplinary action after UVA officials learned he failed to disclose his conviction last year on a misdemeanor concealed weapons charge, a school spokesperson says here on CNN. Uh, he was a former player, faced three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. And the victims had just returned from a school field trip late Sunday when they were gunned down on and near a school bus on the Charlottesville campus, officials said. So, Virginia Cavaliers have now, I think, lost two receivers and a transfer running back from Wisconsin that was just about to play. Uh, the guy was, the suspect was a 2018 running back. Mm -hmm. He didn't play full four years. I think he got kicked off the team for his concealment of the misdemeanor. So, why this is a thing in sports, I don't know. Hopefully, this doesn't become a blow-up thing where we see more often, especially after the game they had. It makes it look worse. I mean, it's just a tragic overall situation, especially the fact that one guy was from Woodmont Hospital, you know, so close to us here in South Carolina. It's just it's a tragic situation for the University of Virginia. And the what was that? Really? What was it, Woodmont? Yeah, from Woodmont. That's right up the road from me. One was right from Woodmont. I gotta drive past Woodmont to get home. Yep. Yeah, it's it's terrible that kids can't be themselves anymore. Well, and it's even scarier to think about, you know, you. You see this. I have a friend uh, named Storm Murphy, who went to the went to Wofford with me, played basketball, and transferred his senior year to Virginia Tech, played basketball at Virginia Tech. He's now in the NBA. But I mean, think about if that had been Virginia Tech a year ago, Storm could have died. You know, we 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 all know people that are at different universities. What happens when that's your friend, or even worse, your family member? 
is becoming... I, I can't. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I can't imagine how the fan base are feeling right now. So I, we'll I'm never be so able to sorry. imagine unless it happens to us. And I hope it never does. I'm so sorry. It, I hope. I hope it gets better. It's now becoming in time. You guys could choose to agree with me. You guys could choose not. It's just my standalone opinion. It's not more becoming if. It's becoming when. when. Because it shouldn't be where you send your kids to school and now you have to wonder if they come home. It's terrible. Because now you're sending them out to football to where they can become a better person and better themselves and potentially make millions of dollars to help out their families. And now it's over because somebody didn't like something. I mean, you couldn't not disrespect you. They might as well just go into the military. It shouldn't have to be that way. It, I understand that the kid, the kid's dad said his son was real paranoid. I'm sorry, but paranoid that's doesn't not kill a, people. That's not a, mental excuse. health problems are not an excuse because many people have mental health problems. Putting myself up on that list, okay? I have oh, about exposure. A, I'm open about it. I got mental health problems, and you don't see me going and doing this, this stuff that they do. You have people that have that condition that don't don't go crazy like that. So it, it's not an excuse. Yeah, there should be no reason why people should be getting killed over something they love. And they may have not been the reason this happened. This may have not been the reason it happened, but it's just a terrible circumstance. Yeah. Because it's not even they have a game on are they playing Saturday? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think so, I think they wanted to. I think the players and the coach said that they wanted to go out. And see, this is like the Utah situation. They may have not lost them at the same time, but they lost two players, and it made them a better football program because of it. So hopefully this will propel Virginia to be a better football program and live out those three's legacy. To end it off, my condolences to the Virginia football family, to the Virginia family in general, and to the families of those. And the campus. Virginia itself. Did it happen on campus? It happened when they. It happened oh, in Charlottesville. Oh my goodness. So, Grant, you got anything? Um, very tragic situation. Um, it really hits me because the day before they were playing Pitt, and I was celebrating the win that we had, but nice. I gotta. I had to cut it because I mean, I can't celebrate over something that happened like that. I mean, you can see it when you win, but at the end of the day, you have to send your prayers out. Just, it's a sad situation. Um, I do have some big news, though. Anthony Rizzo is returning to the New York Yankees. Really? On a two-year TSN per Joel Sherman. It comes with a 2025 option at $34 million, but according to... The score, he is making $40 million. I need to see who. This is per Ken Rosenthal. So, Anthony Rizzo is coming so back. Just so, what you're telling me is you come back to the Yankees? Tell him the truth. Yes. I could be a happy Nazi judge. Wow. That's so why I just need him. him. So, so, Anthony Rizzo is going to come back to the Yankees just for them to lose in the NFL. That's going to help us with Judge. That's with Judge. Because Rizzo returned. Judge and Rizzo are close. So, hopefully, that gives Judge a propel to come back to New York. Again, I say. He's free agent. Again, Ooh. I say $40 million just to get to the ALDS and lose. Just I don't care if Anthony Rizzo is telling you later. the ALDS against the Houston Astros. We've done this already. This is like three episodes in a row. Yes. So funny. Okay, you know what? We're going to go ahead and end this off because I just want to be happy and not have it down. So, Josh. Hey. Drake May will win the Heisman. End in hooker. End it.
End it. All right, boys. That is going to conclude today's episode. We look forward to seeing you guys soon. We will get some more good topics up. And also Friday night, we will be at Powderville versus Daniel. Catch us there. Maybe win a prize. Let's go Powdersville.